Are you ready to apply God's Word into your everyday life? Welcome to Ancient Mysteries Kingdom Principles Podcast. I'm your host, Rabbi Kurt Landry. Together, we will unlock the ancient principles of the Bible that empower your faith and equip you to move into greater levels of kingdom authority. Shalom, Kurt Lander here on this Trending Tuesday. want to welcome all of you to the broadcast and always on the podcast. want you to welcome. First thing I want you to do is go to kurtlandry.com forward slash live and hit the note tab where it says and get these notes, download these notes and follow along and, and fill in the questions so that you can be free. I want to ask you a question. So many people are asking me questions like this, and I'm asking you a question if what I'm going to bring up is important, because this is what I want you to know, see, and feel tonight. People say to me, they say, Kurt, what do you see coming prophetically? I'm unpacking it as the Lord allows. They said, listen, should we prepare like provision, like food and water? I said, yes, you should always be prepared. People say, should we have ammunition and weapons? And you should always have ammunition and weapons, and you should be prepared. You have to be prepared. Then people say, well, should should we? what should we do with our bank accounts and, and stocks and finances? And you really need to hear from the Holy Spirit and have them in that right place because there are shifts that are coming, and it's important that you are in that position because the great transfer of wealth is going to happen in the shifting money never disappears. It always just realigns itself someplace. And if you can anticipate that, then you can position your bucket, so to say, where it's all going to fall out at the end of the funnel. But one of the things that nobody asks, and I want to talk to you about tonight, this is all kind of like, I feel like Noah in a way. And they say, uh, and there's, they've never seen rain. And they said, why are you building this ark? Now, I'm, I'm not building an ark, but in the spirit, I am building an ark. And so if we're going to get into the ark together, do you need to bring your clothes, your food, your family, and, and be able to protect yourself on the journey from where you are to get into this spiritual ark? Let's call it the ark of faith. Absolutely. But the key is, is that the key that people do not, where people miss it, and this is where I want you to hit the share button tonight, is the is faith people will not by faith obey what the holy spirit or god's prophets or pastors of you know whoever apostles they don't listen they get the information they hear it they feel good but they don't take the step of obedience because faith without works is dead so what i want to talk to you about tonight and i want you to share i want you to follow and subscribe because this network has been built one share at a time. And so we need to understand that we are going to tonight remove the generational curse of rebellion. Because what happened is we, I put out last Friday, some of you have done that. If you get my notes from Friday night service, there were 10 areas that are symptoms of generational curses. And the top three, the top three are the ones that actually became the top three of what you all said that you were struggling with and having problems. And so I'm going to address those top three and they all have the same spiritual root of rebellion, which the Bible says is as witchcraft. And so the key is, is that we have to have obedience. Witchcraft, rebellion produces death and obedience produces blessings, power, favor, authority, health and wealth. 
And that's what we need to do tonight. So make sure you go ahead and hit that share button. And if you're watching me on Facebook Live, go ahead in the comments and say, I'm getting ready to break that spirit of rebellion off my family line. Now, the bottom line is this, the all the battles, okay? If you'll watch me from now until the fall feast at Rosh Hashanah, the, the battle, everything we're doing right now, the green passport, the vaccines, the election fraud, all this stuff has really, I can simplify it to you in, in just, it's rebellion against God. They're saying, no, we are not obeying God in his word. We are higher and better. We can actually be like the, like Babel or Babel, and we are the elites and we can go above it. We don't have to obey God's nature, God's laws, God's instruction. And so we're God. And the problem with that is the people who obey God and believe God created us in, our, in his image, then they honor life. They don't exterminate life. People who love God, whether they are saved or unsaved, but those that believe in God understand that if we're in the Bible, if you're a Torah believer or a New Testament Torah believer, doesn't make any difference whether you're Jew or Gentile, we understand that the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob created us in his image. Thus, we love life. Life is valuable. We never step in and become the exterminator of life, whether it's through a Holocaust, whether it's through abortion. Uh, we understand that all lives matter and one life matters. So that's the God. But what happens on the other side of this, the eugenic type genocidal side, we want to be God, then we can classify which people are in which class and this one has more value than that one. So that because we have dehumanized them, like they did in the Holocaust, then we can exterminate this group because they're in the way of our final solution. Doesn't this sound familiar? But that's the battle. The battle is so simple. It's this, either God is God and he is, or they're God and they're not, but they're trying to be God. So this is a battle right now of, will we be take a stand for God? And the key, the reason people don't stand for God is this, it's called rebellion. And that rebellion, I think personally, maybe not in yours, but I know in our family, it's been on both sides. Rebellion is common to all men. So let's break that assignment of rebellion. Make sure you hit the share button right now because everyone in your family and your friends need to be free from the spirit of rebellion. Mankind, you'll read it in my notes, Adamic nature is rooted in rebellion since the fall in the garden. Our Adamic nature is, uh, is in opposition with God's authority. Therefore, the humans struggle to obey God because of past generational sins that lead to generational curses. Tonight is your night to break the influence of that generational curse of rebellion that's in your family line. If you're watching on Facebook, go ahead and say amen. And, uh, and all of you, I wanna also welcome all of our House of David home groups. Welcome to the broadcast tonight. All those on the podcast with Charisma Podcast Network, welcome to the podcast. So in 1 Samuel 15, 23, it says, for rebellion is, is the sin of witchcraft. 
So I didn't make that up. That's what the Bible says. And it says, and stubbornness is an inequity of idolatry and idolatry. And because you have rejected the word of the Lord, he will also, he also rejected you for being king. Now that's what's happening right now. There has a shift. It started today with the mayor of New York. Uh, that is, isn't it interesting that the prophetic word that the Lord had me speak about the shifting in and uh, in power uh, sources, it already happened today. So it's interesting that today that Mayor Como in New York resigned for, from the largest uh, financial, single financial group in the United States is the state of New York. It is the largest uh, uh, wealth accumulation place and all of the United States, and it's one of the largest in the world, and their, their governor, Governor Como, I'm sorry, I said mayor earlier, Governor Como, that isn't it interesting that the Lord removed him because the word says, and he also rejected you of being king. Why? Because the rebellion of witchcraft and stubbornness not to repent, not to cooperate with God. He had lots of opportunities to shift, and he chose not to, and now he's losing his position. In Acts chapter 5, 29, but Peter and the other apostles answered and said, we ought to obey God rather than man. You're in a situation right now within the, this next season of time where you're going to have to learn how to stand up and say, no, there's so much false information that's out there. I'm going to do my own research. I'm going to get my own information. I'm going to fast. I'm going to pray, and I'm going to make choices for myself because these choices are going to set you on the course for the next 10 years, easily and maybe longer. So the question is this, what is a generational curse? What are the signs of generational curse operating in our life? And how do I get free from generational curses? Go ahead, if you're there in the home group, say we're getting free from the generational curse of rebellion in Yeshua's line. I mean, she was named. So what gen what is a generational curse? Now, this is my definition. I said it before, but I want to bring it up again. A generational curse is spiritual DNA. It's a result of a sin structure that's familiar and common among family members, such as divorce, addictions, cancers, um, illness, poverty, sexual abuse. And you often see the curses uh, repetitively from generation to generation, sin opens the door of these curses and they manifest in the sin in the family line that's all too common, but rarely addressed. Go ahead tonight and say, we're addressing this and we're removing it so that the consequences of that rebellion does not remove us as kings and priests out of the courts of heaven. See, that's the thing. I just told you, about the governor Como, he might've got removed, but you and I don't wanna get removed from our position in the courts of heaven because we don't remove the witchcraft and the rebellion. Now, scripturally, let's lay the foundation because the scripture says in, uh, the scripture says that in Exodus 34 and six and seven speaks of generational curses. So it is biblical, but here's the foundation. It says, and the Lord passed before him and proclaimed, the Lord, 
the Lord God, merciful, gracious, long-suffering, abounding in goodness and truth, keeping mercy for a thousand, for a thousand, forgiving the iniquities of the transgression, transgression and sin, but no means clearly clearing the guilty, visiting the iniquities of the father upon the children, the children's children, and the third and fourth generation. So there's your biblical pattern of iniquitous structures, which we call generational curses. That's not a biblical term. It's a modern term talking about the sins being passed from generation to generation. Every successful Christian understands that the Christian life begins with knowing who God is. See, that's the key. Those who know God need to take a stand. Those that don't know God, this is really Mount Carmel with Elijah and the prophet of, prophets of Baal. There's a battle. We believe in God. Thus, we believe in life, liberty, and freedom. They don't believe in God, and they don't believe in life and liberty, and they're trying to steal your freedom. So God says here, he says, it, it says in the scripture, it says, and you shall have this is in Exodus 23 through six. And you shall have no other gods before me. See, that's the key. Rebellion always will bring in a proxy God, whether it's money, whether it's pride, whether it's comfort, it doesn't make any difference. Whatever it is, it can even become family, it can become children, whatever it is that's in misaligned, any God is a jealous God. So anything we put, and it's not natural for us in our soul to put God first. He's invisible. But yet you want me to take these precious children, this, this house, this money, the things I can smell, touch, and feel, and put you first. And God is saying, yes, that's what I'm saying. And, and that's where the lines get blurred in religion and, and start saying, no, you don't, that's not really what he means. No, that's really what he means. And, Je and Jesus even said, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And then all of the things should be added on to you. So it's important, all the other things, everything you're trying to keep when you don't put him first, you lose. Everything you put, everything he's giving you, every good and perfect gift, when you put him first, you don't lose. In fact, you increase. He says, and you shall not make for yourself carved images or any likeness of anything that's in heaven above, and that is earth, the earth beneath, or that in the water or under the earth. You shall not bow down to them and serve them. And that's what they're trying to do with this vaccine. Listen, if you want to get a vaccine, that's fine. That's your choice. But the bottom line is, is that with these force mandates, that are coming, and I pray they don't, but it appears that they are, then what they're doing is they are saying, you must bow down because we know better than you. Even though there is controversy over the side effects of this, it's like, no, push that aside. First of all, this is not a vaccine, okay? Literally, it is not because a vaccine is a cure and it stops things. And obviously by the numbers, that's not happening. So the key is, is they're saying, we don't really care what you think, whether we're telling you to put on mask and vaccine because we're now God. And so if you're going to take a stand and say no to whatever it is, and I'm not saying you say yes or no, 
but I know what I'm doing for my house. And here's the key is this, when you choose to take a stand, you can only do it in the strength of God because you can't rebel against these forces. You have to humble yourself in the Lord and then the truth rebels against the lie. So you have to align yourself in the courts and keep your heart pure and not be offended with these people because they're being controlled by powers and principalities. So we don't want to bow down to them and serve them. For I am the Lord, your God. I am a jealous God, visiting the iniquities of the fathers upon the children. Here we see it again. And the third and fourth generation and those who hate me. But show mercy to a thousand and to those who keep me, who keep my commandments. So we see that again. So right now I'm going to review the 10 symptoms, but we're going to focus on the top three so that we can get free from them. The 10 symptoms of generational curses in our family is number one, a lack of passion for spiritual things. Number two, battling excessive frustration and impatience. And three, doubting uh, God's goodness and faithfulness. Now for time's sake, because I'm looking at my clock, you can get the notes and go through four through 10 for yourself. But let's tonight, in the short period of time that we have, let's get free from the top three, because what we have to do is, if we have a lack of passion, that comes from rejection in the family line and unanswered prayer. How did this bad thing happen to this good person? We prayed for them, they didn't get healed, and they went home to be with the Lord. That is a common thing amongst family. No one who has faith prays for somebody and they don't get healed without taking some type of a rejection and a trauma. When there's many different reasons, because the Lord says it's the Lord's time and the Lord gives man once to die. God is in charge of all of our loved ones, how long they live and when they go home to be with the Lord. But excessive frustration also comes from a lack of trust and betrayal. So when we have a lack of trust and betrayal, either with God, brothers and sisters, saved or unsaved, when we have those traumatic wounds that are in our soul, that causes the frustration because the frustration bubbles up inside and we say things like, I can't believe this is happening again. I finally trusted somebody and look, they can't be trusted, I'll just do it myself. I'm never gonna trust people again. If you've done that, you need to unsnare those words tonight and we're going to do it. Three is doubting God's goodness and faithfulness. And that actually comes from past traumatic events. Past traumatic events could be maybe you were raped or, or you were uh, molested, or uh, maybe you were abandoned. Uh, someone left you in a car someplace, or or maybe you're you're a veteran and uh, you you've experienced the trauma of war. Maybe uh, you were in a serious car accident and uh, uh, something happened and you almost died, or maybe you had a surgery where where you know you you had like a brain tumor or something and you were supposed to die, and everyone spoke all this bad stuff over you. Um, I'm thinking of a young lady right now, a young girl that that's that's part of House of David, and she got this very, very rare disease. And that's what I prayed for her, that that trauma, because it was months and months and months in the children's hospital that what she went through. And, and you got to break that trauma, even though praise God for the great result. And she's healed and she's being healed 
completely and totally in Yeshua's name, but the trauma of all of that, being in the hospital, the young baby away from the mama, needles poking, waking, all that stuff, that creates trauma. And what it does is it causes us to fall into a generational curse of doubting God's goodness and faithfulness. So right now, if you haven't done it, what I would like you to do is to go ahead and order our book on emotional healing. And, uh, and you can go to clmmin.com forward slash heal. That's clmmin.com forward slash heal. So the best way to identify these generational curses is to examine yourself and listen to the fruit of, look at the fruit of your choices and listen to the habits and patterns and the thing that you, that, that you say. Like you start out in faith and then you quit. You start out believing and then you just don't have enough gas. And one of the reason is, is because these top three, a lack of passion and excessive uh, uh, frustration and doubting God's goodness, these ultimately can put in one capsuled word, rebellion. It's a witchcraft of rebellion in the family line, no different than that serpent in the garden speaking to Eve saying, well, he didn't really mean that. And then all of a sudden we start changing the way God does things and we become God, which is rebellion. So now we have identified the problem. We're going to repent for the issues in ourself and in our family line. We're going to forgive others and we're going to go into the courts of heaven tonight in the next few minutes that we have left. And we're going to renounce that spirit of rebellion and witchcraft. And we're going to release the spirit of love, peace, joy, long suffering, temperance and kindness and self-control to which such there is no accuser that can battle that weapon. Let's pray. Father God, in the name of Yeshua, we lift up the Lord's prayer in the court of heaven. Father God, we go into the room of atonement right now. We cleanse ourselves with the blood of Jesus from the top of our head to the bottom of our feet. Thank you, Lord, that we are in Christ. We have the full armor of God, the belt of truth, the gospel of peace on our feet, the breastplate of righteousness, the helmet of salvation, the mind of the Lord, the sword of the spirit, the word of God that shall not come back void, the shield of faith that quenches every fiery dart. Our identity is as kings and priests. As the prophet Samuel said, we shall not rebel and remove, remove our kingship and our priesthood. For Lord, we are kings and priests according to the order of Melchizedek. And if you would say this prayer with me out loud as we break this rebellion and witchcraft out of our family line. Father God, my Father who is in heaven, we declare in the mercy court tonight that your name is above every name. Lord, I ask for freedom today in my family and in my family line from that spirit of rebellion, which is as witchcraft. Lord, I choose to forgive myself, to forgive my parents, my grandparents, and all in my family line, all the way back to the garden for coming in agreement 
with the spirit of rebellion. Lord, we come out of agreement tonight. We identify it. We repent for it, for us and our family. We forgive our family, our elders, who did not renounce it. But Lord, we choose tonight in the courts of heaven, may it be recorded in the books and say your family name, the Landry's, that it be expunged in our courts of heaven books that we have rebellion in our DNA. Let it be removed. Father God, we ask that it be replaced with obedience, love, joy, uh, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, self-control, long-suffering, wisdom, knowledge, and understanding, compassion, love. And Father God, we put those words into our books this day. Let it be recorded. Thank you, Lord, for freeing us from all rebellion in, in our family line. Lord, we declare that this day, please, Lord, give us this daily bread of strength, health, prosperity, and vision. Lord, help us, Lord, to meet both physical and spiritual needs this day in my family in Yeshua's name. Father God, in Yeshua's name, go ahead and say with me, forgive me for allowing any habitual sins to manifest in my life of rebellion or in my family's line. Father God, I repent to you, Lord. Forgive others who have allowed this rebellion and this iniquity to be passed down through our family to others who have offered, who have offended me in any way. I declare over my children, my grandchildren and great-grandchildren that the spirit of rebellion will not manifest in their life. I bind it, I cast it off them in Yeshua's name. Lord, as a leader in my family, I decree and declare that rebellion will not uh, be accused in the courts against my family. We're obedient and long suffering and we will take our place. So we forgive them just as you have forgiven me, Lord Father God. Thank you, Lord, for delivering me and my family, my children, my children's children, and my grandchildren to come to all generational curses. But Lord, I thank you, Lord, that this spirit of rebellion this day is cast out of my family once and for all. Thank you, Lord, Father God. I seal this work in your courts. I make a proclamation and you will not lead us into temptation but deliver us this day from the evil of spirit of rebellion, witchcraft, occult structures, and witchcraft that is coming at high levels against our country, against the body of Christ. Lord, it shall not come nigh thy dwelling. Lord, Father God, we close the door on the spirit of rebellion, and we decree that yours is the kingdom, the glory, and the power forever and ever, amen and amen. Let's give the Lord a hand clap right now. Thank you so much. Christy's in here praying with me. We're agreeing with you and oh, praise God. I've got three minutes left here. 
um, I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you that we still have a few trees left for the Golan family. And if you'll go to Israel, uh, MOT.com sponsor, you can sponsor some of those trees. And let's finish the 360 that we have left, that we had left. I don't know what the number is. The last I looked, it was somewhere in the hundreds left. But if you would like to go ahead and sponsor one of those trees, you know what? It feels good to do good. Don't be rebellious. The Lord's asking you to plant a tree. Go ahead and do it tonight and make sure you download. Go to clmmin.com forward slash heal and, down, uh, and uh, order your book on emotional healing, seven steps to releasing the inheritance that is in you. Also get ready for an announcement that I'm gonna make right before the fall feast. We're going to have literally a Zoom call deliverance at high level. It will only be for those who register. Registration will be free, but you can register, either do it live with us, or I'm trying to arrange where it can be archived with the registration. I just can't go into the open air with what we're gonna take you through, uh, but it, it's the final step. So right now I'm crawl, walking, run. We're taking you one step at a time. And that's why every Tuesday or whenever I get on with this breaking generational curses, think of it like cutting down an old tree that's rotten. You know, and I don't know if you have a tree when it's rotten, it's hard as a rock and you have to take the ax at it. And that's what we've been doing. And I thought I was gonna do this in about three programs and the Lord said, no. He said, the tree's a lot more rotten and it's a lot more uh, harder to take down, but we're taking it down because at Rosh Hashanah, where you join us in House of David, which in-house registration is, is available. And if you're coming, but we're taking this tree down in Yeshua's name. Amen. So welcome to this new month of Elul. It's a great time where the Lord wants to pour out tremendous blessings on you. I think it's Elul 2. I think that's right. Yeah, it's the second day of Elul. And it's a time to prepare the Teshuvah, to prepare your hearts for the fall feast. And this is going to be beautiful. So get into the ark by faith. Yes, bring all the things in the natural you're preparing, but so to say, put the ribbon on the package, and that is faith by delivering and canceling the accuser of the brethren, saying it won't work for you. Guess what? Tonight, in 30 minutes, you took a huge chunk out of the enemy's weaponry against your family. You are out of agreement with the spirit of witchcraft and rebellion, and now he can't accuse and confuse you. Thank you so much. Please hit the share. Please hit the like. Please subscribe. Let's build this network so that many can get the good news. God bless you and shalom. Thank you for listening to Ancient Mysteries Kingdom Principle Podcast. Like what you heard? Then visit us at kurtlandry.com for free resources that will empower your faith to walk in greater levels of kingdom authority. Follow me on Facebook or Instagram at Kurt Landry Ministries. See you next week.